What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me as always is the man who can now put Tree Doctor on his resume, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Oh, I can't believe you're outing me on my accident I had with our brand new tree we planted in the backyard. This is just too good of a story not to share. I want to set this up for our listeners. They are building in the open lot that is behind us that once used to have a home. We now have a house, a new house being built very, very close to our fence line. And so we added a tree to try to hide some of the big wall that's right there in our backyard now. Right. And it was a search beyond searches. I finally found a tree, and I looked at it for must have been an hour, decided on it. And then, of course, when I pick it out, they wrap it up for you and they mm-hmm. put it in the back of your trailer. So now it's all wrapped up. I get it home and I take the binding off and it still acts wrapped up. So I thought, oh, well, I'll help fluff it out like I do a Christmas tree. Like maybe you have a fake Christmas tree where you bend things out. Well, I was bending out the branches and one goes snap and it was a big branch. And I go, oh, no. And it was, so it was hanging on by just a thread. So I had our son hold it up. I first put duct tape on it. Never put duct tape on a tree. See, doctor, tree doctor. And I only found that out after I did the duct tape. And it says, don't put it on there because it will pull the cambium layer off, the bark and everything. So I took it off. Sure enough, I was pulling stuff off. But fortunately, it didn't take that much off. Use electrical tape. Okay. So I wrapped it with electrical tape. It's been a week. And it's, it's I think it's been more back, than a week. It's been a couple of weeks now. It's back to back to good. And they said if you can do it right away and 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 tape it up, it will take about uh, a month. You know, should be back to working again. So sure enough, it's doing that. But I was oh my heart broke. I thought this beautiful tree that took me so long to find, and then I go and act like I'm working a Christmas tree. Snap. We learn patience in everyday life, and you were saying prayers. I heard from the rest of the family a little bit of passion fired up within you about the fact that it happened. But you know, a little prayer to St. Francis, and uh, you calm down. And uh, the, the prayer came after the aura hit, and I have a aura of anger and frustration and the kids knew it and they back away and I go off and I I said my prayer and then I came back all happy. You know, those things happen in everyday life. I we're living in the world and you know trees get broken but you're it's a beautiful tree and it's growing and yeah, hopefully it'll fill up that big blank wall. Well, you know, big news in my life this week, Scott, I I did something that I never thought I would be able to do long term and we'll see how long it lasts, but I have taken Facebook off of my homepage. Now, I still have an account, but it's not on my phone anymore. And I got to explain why. We we did these tests years ago at our church. They were strength finders and they were designed to kind of like a Myers-Briggs where it gives you your strengths, but it gives you strengths so that way you can help understand what ministries you would be strong in. And so it gave us all these different possibilities and everybody had a top five. Well, in my top five were harmony and positivity were among them. Well, what's been happening more and more recently, especially over the last maybe year, is that my 
harmony and my positivity are becoming more and more affected by the divisiveness that I am reading on my social media platforms, especially Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I really started to feel it last week and it was bringing me down. Like I came into work thinking I just, I don't want to read anything else that is going to draw us more and more apart. It just really had me upset. And I got to thinking about it more and I talked to you and some people here at the station and I said, I think I need to give up Facebook. And so I did. So for the last couple of days, I haven't been on it. Now, I haven't given it up completely because I get important information from the archdiocese, news stories that I want to cover. So if I'm here at work getting ready for our morning show, I'll allow myself time to get on there. But as far as once I get home, being on my phone, it ain't happening anymore. You know, it goes back to that parental discussion that we had as kids from with our parents that our parents would say moderation mm-hmm. and boy social media has never had that moniker put on it to have moderation and i think our kids are actually doing better than the adults in fact we've had uh, one of our media folks here talk about that reality that kids are actually doing a better job than adults are on managing social media we've never had it before they've had it all their lives Well, you think about us, you know, growing up, we were watching TV. That was the product they were trying to sell. Well, when you get on social media platforms, Mm -hmm. what is the product? Your time. That's what they want. And so by drawing you in and looking at demographics of what you're looking at, they keep filling things in to keep drawing you in so they earn more and more of your time. Well, one of the blessings I know that for our marriage that God has given us is me. No, <laughs> no. it's the fact that I didn't get involved in social media. And so we have a balance. Everything we have in our marriage, we balance one another. And that's the beauty of our marriage that we can, we can lean on that. So, you know, I don't get on social media, but I watch you all on social media. I can, and I know I can't tell you, no, you have to come to that to your own. Everybody has to come to that realization on their own. And so, I mean, watching that for you, I know that was a big deal. I know it still is a big deal, but that's the beauty of the sacrifice that we can make. And I've had to make sacrifices on on my part that uh, you drew out of me, which were necessary. And I love you for that. But that's, that's the beauty of the efficaciousness of the sacrament of marriage. I'm getting ready to do a wedding this weekend. I just get excited talking to the couple about these kinds of realities because these are day-to-day struggles, right? Oh, sure. And the times when I am down and I need to be lifted and you're right there with me to do that and vice versa. When you find yourself in times of weakness, well, fortunately, I am there for you, too. Well, we got a great show ahead for you because someone else who found a lot of passion in his life, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. And he is an amazing man who is on his way to sainthood. A new book is out about him. Talk about a man who found passion in life and well before there was internet. So we're going to have a great opportunity to talk to an author of Finding Frasati. So that's coming up. And then in today's view, we're going to talk about using our passions for God, how our passions are necessary, but we try to control them when we're really asked by God to give our passion to Him, for Him to put to action. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. You know your own way. Go. 
Hello and welcome to Catholic Bite 60 Seconds, where 2,000 years of faith and tradition is explained one minute at a time. I'm Father Tim Furlow of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, and today we're going to talk about screen time. If you're like me and you've reached an age where your natural collagen production has plummeted, then you probably remember a bygone era when screen time meant how long you sat in front of a magical box projecting images into your brain at a whopping 7.5p resolution. Very quickly in the world, we've gone from maybe some TV in the evening to I can't be alone for 10 seconds without pulling my phone out. Now we have bigger, flatter, clearer TVs, tablets, phones, you name it. Some of us spend almost every waking moment in front of a screen. In nine years, we've become very adept at consuming media. But let's never forget, there won't be any screens in heaven. There, the only things we'll want to spend time looking at are the faces of the ones we love. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. Pier Giorgio Frassati fearlessly stood up for the freedom of religion, making the sign of the cross whenever passing a church at a time when such a gesture, well, drew ridicule. He participated in public rosary processions, defended peaceful protesters from attacks by political subversives. Christine Wohar's latest book, Finding Frasati and Finding His Path to Holiness, offers readers relatable reflections about a young man slated for sainthood who cut against the grain of his own failing society. And she is joining me today. Hello, Christine. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you. I always love talking about Pierre Giorgio. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, for our listeners who maybe have not heard of Pier Giorgio Frassati. Tell us a little bit about his life, including his unique name. Well, Pier Giorgio was a young, handsome, uh, we say movie star looks kind of guy from Turin, Italy. He was born into a very wealthy, prominent family. His father was, at um, the time of his birth, his father was the founder of the newspaper La Stampa, which if anybody's been to Italy, it's still one of the most popular uh, newspapers on the stands. At the time, it was there were only two real competing papers at the time, and so La Stampa was a big. Uh, it was a big thing, and to be the son of that, uh, the owner of La Stampa was huge. And then his father became a senator, the youngest senator for the Kingdom of Italy, and then he became the ambassador to Germany. So Pietro Giorgio was surrounded from his early childhood, and then in, in an increasing way. With wealth, he had, they had a chauffeur and gardeners and cooks and maids and all of those things. He was born in 1901, uh, so at the turn of the century there. But his family had a lot of affluence, even a family, a beautiful family car and all of those things. So we like to say that he had every, everything available to him to choose worldly priorities, you know, to choose the world. Mm. But he also, at the time, was born with, I think, in a real innate sense of uh, just the love of the Lord and love for his fellow man. And that is what became his passion, his otherworldliness. 
He died when he was only 24 years old in 1925, and his reputation spread immediately. Um, his death was, his funeral was attended by thousands of people. It was, it was a moment much like Pope St. John Paul II, where there were thousands of people there, and it, we say that's when his canonization cause began. Mm. So he's become known as a patron for mostly known, I think, for as for young adults, youth and young adults and students because of his age. But his his real um, following, I would say, the devotees of Pier Giorgio across all demographics, all ages. The name of the book is Finding Frasati and Following His Path to Holiness. The author's name is Christine Wohar, and she is joining me today. One of the things that I find amazing that's so inspirational is when we actually have the ability to read the words of the saints. And this young man who's on his way to sainthood, you have quite a few of his words in your book. How did you find all these writings? I, I agree with you about that. Um, I'm not the person you want to listen to. The voice you want to listen to is the voice of Pietro Giorgio Frassati. And there is a book, uh, we were talking about the few books available about him, but one of them that is in English is the book of his letters to his friends and family. And that book is a real gift, I think, to the Church. And I was blessed. I had the privilege of sitting with one of his nieces, Wanda Gavronska, who has taken over for her mother, who was Pierre Giorgio's sister. We went through that book word by word, and it was a beautiful experience for me because she was there with the Italian version, and I was had the English, and she would explain to me not only about the letter and the translation, but what was really happening in the family and with his friends at the time. And so we actually have his own words, and that's what I... Um, uh, to me, it's essential to use his words and reflect on his words in each of those chapters. Pierre Giorgio, if you can read the book of his letters, you will be fascinated as you read through there to think that these these profound thoughts, in the midst of a letter about going skiing or climbing the mountain, he will just say the most beautiful, profound things about the privilege it is to be a Catholic um, and the beauty of the sacraments and um, the the gift of friendship and family and so on, and to think that these were written by a 20, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23-year-old young man. So it's really beautiful, and uh, I appreciate you pointing that out, just to read his words and to contemplate um, the beauty of his spirituality. I hope that that motivates people in their own lives. Christine, and looking through the pages and of the writings that you have in the book here, we can tell that Pier Giorgio Frasati was a young man who lived in and enjoyed his life, but always kept his focus on heaven. Absolutely. And one of the most well-known quotes from Pierre Giorgio Frasati is this. He wrote to a friend and he said, to live without the faith, without a patrimony to defend, so that's your, your country, you know, your heritage, without a steady struggle for the truth, he said, is not living, but existing. And we should never just exist but live. And that's what he did. I mean, he lived his life. He got he got all the miles you could get out of 24 years. Everything you want to know to the path to holiness can be found. And Finding Frasati is an excellent book to help you along your way. He is uh, on his way to sainthood. His cause has been open. Christine, can you tell us what the latest is on his sainthood cause? 
So Pierre Giorgio was beatified in 1990 by uh, Pope John Paul II, who himself admired uh, and was influenced by Pierre Giorgio as a young man. And after beatification, uh, they need one miracle. Uh, a blessed needs one miracle. There has been a miracle reported from a young man in New York. We actually have a video about that on our website, forsightyusa.org. And other miracles are reported. It just is a matter of when the... You know, that all happens in Rome, and so it's just a waiting waiting and seeing to see when things get um, approved. But basically, with one more miracle, he would be canonized. Uh-huh. And that's, the, that's really one of the missions of Frasati USA, is introducing his spirituality so that people would include him as a spiritual resource, because the more that people, um, you know, invoke the intercession of Pierre Giorgio, then... The increase of those miracles abounds, and hopefully one of those will be the one. I love to try to get a miracle from the United States. I had this little friendly wager with his niece uh, that the next that the miracle uh, for Pierre Giorgio would come from the U.S., and she's chided me about that for quite some time ever since I said it. Uh, and so I'm still hoping for that. Oh, we will continue to pray and hope and that this day to celebrate the canonization will come very, very soon. Christine, the name of your book is Finding Frasati. Tell our listeners where they can find information about how to get a copy for themselves and also more about your web page. The book is available pretty much everywhere that you would go. It's published by EWTN Publishing, so the EWTN Religious Catalog, and also SophiaInstitutePress.com, but it's, it should be in most bookstores and most of the sites you would normally go to online. Um, also, if you go to FrasadiUSA.org, there's a link at the bottom of the page to get it from our own um, bookstore, which is the sister servants in Alabama that, that do our shipping for us. And on the website, you know, you can find a ton of information that's not even in the book about the life of Pierre Giorgio. Groups for young adults that are around the country, you actually, there are actually groups up in the Pacific Northwest um, that are formed under the patronage of Pierre Giorgio. And you can learn how to, you know, you can celebrate his feast day is the 4th of July. It's a, it's a wonderful, convenient feast day for us because when you have fireworks on the 4th of July, you can be doing that in honor of the feast day of Blessed Frasati. So there's lots of information to find on the website, frasatiusa.org. Oh, perfect. And that includes also some wonderful pictures. Christine, I love the picture on the front of the cover because I think the look on this young man's face sums up his whole life. He is a man (laughs) full of zeal for life and passion and, of course, for his faith. Christine, I appreciate your time very, very much today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this wonderful story about Pierre Giorgio. That picture, I have to say, he was a practical joker. It shows. You're right. It shows in that in that picture. A full laugh. I could just imagine the sound of that belly laugh that would be coming from his faith. And we need that now more than ever. In addition to everything else with our pastoral holiness, Pierre Giorgio shows us holiness is attractive and it can be fun. And he quoted uh, St. Catherine often, but one of her quotes was, it's heaven all the way to heaven. And I think if you follow Pierre Giorgio Frassati, you'll find that to be the case. That is perfect. It is heaven all the way to heaven. Well, the name of the book is Finding Frasati and Following His Path to Holiness. The author, Christine Wohar. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get to Frasati USA and also where you can find a copy of a book for yourself. You can find all of that on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com. Oh, won't you show me the way? Thank you.
time for this week's View from the Pew. Scott, how amazing would it have been to spend a day with Pier Giorgio Frassati, a man so full of life? The fact that in the book it highlights some of those passions that he had, one of them was for mountain climbing. No wonder St. John Paul II was so uh, connected to Blessed Frassati because that's what St. John Paul II loved to do too, take youth up on the mountaintop to be outside in God's creation. That was clearly something that was passionate for uh, a passion for Frassati, and he lived that along with his other passions, but again, rooting them, as we talked about it at the outset, in God's plan. And so I think people get, they get wrapped around the axle about, I just got to get rid of this passion, like your passion for knowing what's going on with the family. That's important. And Facebook gives you an opportunity to that. Right. How do you, how do you stay connected, not get rid of, but use it for the good? All tools are able to be good or bad. It's where we root them in. That is always the challenge because distraction draws us away from God and the devil uses distraction to do that. You know, at first when I was uh, looking at Facebook and I could see things really, especially politically, really getting divided and we have a wide range of friends. What I was finding though is the political divisiveness was kind of seeping into everything. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll just kind of block those things from showing up. But it just got to be more and more. And I was just so disheartened because there was name calling. There were mm -hmm. just all these little memes. And I just really wanted to get on Facebook initially to talk about the family, share what's happening in ours, find out what's going on with other people. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And it was very hard to do to give it up on my phone. But it was a necessary thing. So that way I can turn those passions, though, for righteousness, for truth and for joy. I really believe that my faith brings me joy and it's joy that I try to spread as much as I can, not the divisiveness. And it's going on way too much these days, especially on social media platforms. And how like gravity, it, it can pull you into this negative spiral and you easily start couching people as them, mm -hmm. the other. And once you're able to do that, then you can just run rampant. And that's what I think um, I hear from my friends and from you who are involved in social media. As I sit um, watching that, I see that energy being put into those kinds of distractions. And yet it is, as I've said before, it, as St. Paul would make a point, I think today, the roads of Rome. How do we make those roads of Rome work for Christ? And so all that social media, and I think of the, the one that drives me nuts is TikTok. Simply because mm -hmm. it's just these little vignettes, pop, 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 pop. And in fact, my son and I were talking about it the other day and he said to me, you know, I think I'm going to give that up because it took so much of his time. Because like you were saying earlier, those there's things that we get passionate about. And when it's the passion is twisted against us, like it can be in social media, then we lose sense of time and we lose sense of responsibility and responsible use of that time. And boy, I, I tell you, Blessed Frasati would be like, what about the poor people? What about the people in need mm. that you've now have no time to consider because you're so preoccupied by these little things that are just feeding you like candy, not like the full banquet. What is also amazing about Giorgio Frasati is I believe he is a man who knew what his gifts were and he used those gifts 
for a greater good. But he also brought along with him those things that he loved. And he talks in the book about how he loved music and how that was such an important part of, you know, his enjoyment and especially liturgical music. I mean, you think about in the early 1900s, how much did they really have? Early 1900s in Italy, liturgical music was one of those. They also had coffee and he loved coffee. And that was also mentioned in the book. I love coffee. And I, in fact, talked to a priest once who also loved coffee. And he said, you know, Brenda, he said, coffee is the proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. And so those are the things that we do enjoy. God wants us to have joy in our life. He wants us to enjoy the creation, these things that benefit us. And well, too much coffee, not so much of a benefit. But, you know, those are the things that bring us enjoyment in life. And it goes back to that uh, moderation. And how do we moderate? Do, do I take the responsibility of moderating or do I, uh, do I, in my prayer, ask God to help me to moderate my day so right. that I do the things that still, I want to be passionate and God wants me to be passionate, but to let that passion be used for him, not for some distraction that pulls me away from him. Right. And that definitely was happening to me. I recognize that I have strengths but I was not using them on social media. It mm. was dividing myself, even within my own self. So that's why I realized that yeah, now was the time to let it go. And you know, we'll see how long it lasts, but I already feel better about it. So if you find today that you're spending a little bit too much time on anything, it doesn't even have to be social media, but mm. that it is taking away from your passion of joy and love, especially of our own faith. Maybe it's a take, just like me, to take stock of it and to cut out those things that aren't bringing you joy. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the energy and the passion that you give us. And thank you for giving us one another to realize the value of that passion. Help us this week to use our passions for your sake and be inspired by people like Blessed Frasati, who give us hope that even in spite of the challenges we face, there is going to be a tomorrow that can be joyful, peace-filled, and full of hope. We trust in your name, Lord Jesus, and so we pray in your name. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and be passionate this week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.